0: We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MBP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is January 28th, 2020, and if you're listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marston Brothers Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night to the MVP crew. What is going on to my man, the myth, not the myth, the man, the legend, Marvin Marvelous Marston.
1: Another great day to do a podcast Look The Super Bowl is coming Can you believe it? It's already coming 2020 is here In the mix And Super Bowl Sunday Is quickly approaching Craziness
0: Oh my gosh I can't believe that this is That spectacle That most sports fans wait for For the entire year You remember when So I'm not a baseball fan So I always dread the time of the year when it's baseball season because basketball's finished, football's finished, and all we've got going on is just to watch baseball and just getting excited for little things like you know, preseason football, talking about NFL trades, talking about NBA training camp, just something just to get us out of baseball into football. And we've gone from that to finally getting into Super Bowl Sunday coming up and Super Bowl Sunday ends up being in Miami. Jeez, like it's all of this has come to this one weekend that's coming up, which is exciting and awesome. But it's so sad because after that weekend, no more football. Sigh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but my friend, I know you of all people will quickly find something else to take up that time. And you're an extremely productive person, so yo, it's not even an issue.
0: I mean it's it's not finding something to take the time. It's just finding something that I'll be able to sit back and just be numb just to watch. But again, football is one of those sports that both you and I enjoyed playing and it's one of our favorite fast pastimes. So we just got to make sure we're able to enjoy the moment, enjoy everything that's going on because it'll be a long off season to say the least. So what's been going on with you, man? What's been going on since the last time we talked?
1: It's been a little while. You know, I've been chugging along on my outpatient surgery centers rotation when it comes to podiatry, uh, you know, it's been a good month. i got a lot of cases in, so I'm happy about that. Next month, as of February, I'm going to be transitioning back to orthopedics. This is crazy. It's going to be my last go-round for orthopedics as a resident. Yeah, yeah, man. And then as far as the uh, the side hustles are concerned, i um, still chugging along with uh, the rental properties. Um, I'm on my second one. I found a potential tenant, and now I'm just going through the process of uh, – making sure that I dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Um, When it comes to the, uh, the moonlighting podiatry thingamajig that I'm doing, um, you know, it's starting to hit on all four cylinders. So um, I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling good. And so that's just telling me that when it's time for me to transition to being the full fledged attending, I feel like I'll be able to get the hang of that. So I'm happy about that uh, as well. And, you know, I still, have that upbeat, looking forward to the future mentality. I'm hungry, so I wanna make sure that I continue to strive and take steps towards uh, attaining all the goals that I kinda set forth for myself. So things have been good, things have been good. And I will actually, uh, from the time that we have have our little hiatus, I've done a podiatry talk uh, to the University of the Sciences in uh, Philadelphia. So it was one of the undergrad schools there which was great. Had a great time about that with that. And then I'm going to be going to um, one of the hospitals affiliated with Ronan university in New Jersey. And I'm going to be doing another podiatry talk there. So I'm just trying to get better at these things. And, you know, I think it's a lot of fun and hopefully I can find a way to incorporate that into what I do on an everyday or, you know, just a business matter, you know? So, Things are going on all four cylinders when it ta- when it comes to the grand scheme of things, and I'd like to continue that that momentum, you know.
0: Man, I mean, can you believe that all this? Again, we're 2020. We are we are practically in the month of February already. And it's just unbelievable how time is passing us by, and I know for you, you must be very excited because you'll be able to start doing what you've always dreamed of doing, becoming your professional, medical professional, and I know you are literally months away from that, so that is awesome. For me, you know, the week was your typical week, going back and forth between the hospitals, doing that. Weekend was nice because we got an opportunity on Saturday to, you know, every year my wife likes to buy all the men in the family a gift and the gift is more of a experience versus something that's has some sort of, you know, actual, you know, having something to do. So we tried to do these experiences and with these experiences we had a chance to do a Jurassic World show so instead of it being a material thing where you know we get a piece of paper or we get a gift and then we just do whatever we want to do with it it's an experience we get to ch- cherish and hang out with all the fellas so we ended up doing that in saturday over at the bb and t center which was really good and sunday ended up going to the father-in-law's house and we were trying to do a we're trying to set it up we're trying to make the house look good so I got to get my hands a little bit dirty and got to play with a jackhammer and pulled up some tile and cut some trees down, did some lawn work, just doing things to better the house. So that was definitely a different experience, but we got to see the eyes from my brother-in-law as he's a contractor, a general contractor, just to see how things get transformed from one thing to another. So that was definitely a lot of fun. Can't lie. Not going to lie.
1: Yo, man, I want to go through that experience, too. You know, you get to just use your hands and learn firsthand from a professional what it takes to actually build a house, you know, and and being able to do those little things, I think, will go a long way. Little things like, you know, putting tile down on the ground, uh, cleaning up a surface, you know, using that jackhammer, like what you're saying, putting down grout, you know, backsplashes. Those are pretty cool Uh, things that you can you know spruce up your own place if you want to change things up and if you have those tool sets uh, or that skill set in your arsenal oh man that's pretty cool
0: and i think it's fun too because you get to see the transformation of a house you see the before and you see the after it's huge it's like you don't even recognize it but when you see the pictures in between of what's going on those pictures tell a story, and you're you able to see how the houses are being retransformed. So that was something that I enjoyed doing over the weekend. And, you know, I try to go up there maybe every six weeks just to see what's going on and just to help contribute. But like you said, I get to contribute all those things that I'm learning over at that house to the Marsland residents. And that's something that's pretty exciting. So definitely have to keep you posted on all the different changes that the house goes towards.
1: Sounds great, man. That sounds great.
0: All right. So shall we start some of these articles, my man?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right. Let me start off first. You know, we got two articles. We got, uh, you know what? Let's just have you guys listen and you'll just see what goes on. So my article is an article that is written from Bloomberg. The name of the article is Goldman to refuse IPOs if all directors are white straight men. And this is... Written by Jeff Green. and This was about four days ago. The era of the white all-male board is coming to an end. Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated Chief Executive Officer David Solomon issued the latest ultimatum Thursday from Davos. Wall Street's biggest underwriter of initial public offerings in the U.S. will no longer take a company public in the U.S. and Europe if it lacks a director who is either female or diverse. The mandate is the latest of a series of signals that non-diverse boards in management are unacceptable. BlackRock Incorporated and State Street Global Advisors are voting against the directors at companies without a female director. Public companies with all-male boards based in California now face a $100,000 fine under the new state law. It's pretty amazing, said Fred Folks, the management professor at Boston University Questrom School of Business. It's a seismic change. I was quite amazed, and I wondered what's going to happen at J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley. The corporate board has become a rare bright spot for gender and racial diversity at the highest echelons of corporate America. Almost half of the open spots at of S&P 500 companies went to women last year, and for the first time, they made up more than a quarter of all directors. In July, the last all-male board in the S&P 500 stock appointed a woman. Still, new boards are less diverse. Among the top 25 IPOs by value each year from 2014 to 2018, 10 companies had no female directors, said Mali Gurko, the co-founder and senior advisor at the 2020 Women on Boards, an organization that pushes for the Russell 3000 Index to have at least 20% women directors on its board. Last year, Goldman Sachs was hired to underwrite the WeWork IPO, which only added a female director after its initial prospectus prompted criticism of the all-male board. Starting July 1st, in the U.S. and Europe, we're not going to take the company public unless there's at least one diverse board candidate with a focus on women, Solomon told CNBC on Thursday. He didn't mention Asia, which continues to lag behind other regions when it comes to board diversity. Next year, the bank will raise the threshold to two diverse directors, Coleman said in a statement. The bank said that the decision came after it learned that more than 60 U.S. and European countries in the last two years went public without a woman or person of color on the board. Goldman Sachs has four women on its 11-board board. board. Among IPOs where Goldman Sachs was an underwriter over the last two years in the U.S. and Europe, fewer than 10% currently have a board lacking a diverse candidate, the company said. Data was not available for the composition of those boards at the time of the IPO, the company said. We realize it is a small step, but it's a step in the direction of saying, you know what, we think this is right. We think it's the right advice, and we're in a position also, because of our network, to help our clients if they need to help placing women's on boards, Solomon told CNBC. So this is an example of us saying, how can we do something that we think is right and help move the market forward? J.P. Morgan, Chase, and Company doesn't have a similar policy to Goldman Sachs' rule, but since 2016 has a director advisory service that works with all companies to help find diverse candidates for their board, the company said in a statement. Morgan Stanley did not respond to the request for comments. It's what big investors are looking for these days, said Boston University's folks, who was previously the director at Panera Bread and Company and Bright Horizons Family Solutions. If the board has all white males, that's a big negative. So I thought that this was an interesting article, and that's why I ended up picking it. The, I think the traditional – when you think of corporate America in the traditional sense, what do you think of Marvin?
1: I mean, in the traditional sense, I think of um, well-off individuals who have, you know, they kind of grew up in a, you know, higher echelon, um, not necessarily a blue-collar, but more like a white-collar situation. They have money, old money, and the positions that they were in was probably cultivated um, by having the individuals follow a set path that was already kind of sort of handed down to them is what I typically thought of. Um, and, you know, as time goes on, more individuals want to be able to get to that position. And sometimes, from how I understood it, it can be difficult, especially if you have different people who, quote-unquote, have the capabilities of doing whatever set job it is at the higher echelon corporate level but if there's not enough positions and whomever is in control of that position they typically say you pick people who kind of sort of look like you or have some similar background to you and because of that uh, from what I've uh, you know seen, with my limited experience, uh, things typically kind of get passed down to people who will look exactly like the, invi- in the individuals who are their predecessors. And so I think what this story is telling us is finally, slowly but surely, even the companies themselves are starting to realize, OK, this trend that's happening year to year to year to year or decade to decade, um, you know, probably should change one way or another because you know the population that these big corporations are serving are changing too and at some point I think uh, individuals are going to see that something is odd off and in order to have fair representation so if I'm going to be serving a certain population and I don't have anybody that looks like me on the higher echelon you know, the, the board members, et cetera, maybe people will start to think I'm going to try to find other places that has that or maybe new competition might be created in order to compete against that. So um, when I'm reading or when you're reading this article, uh, to me, I think this is a great idea. And I think it's something that, you know, should maybe have happened yesterday, yesterday, <laughs> from the big picture but I'm glad that there are steps that are being taken in order to make these higher echelon positions more inclusive to individuals who are fully qualified so it's not, I don't think this is like a handout type of thing, it's they're looking for individuals who are fully qualified and capable of doing uh, these jobs uh, but they want to make it more uh, more encompassing of different groups of people and you know that's something that's extremely important especially if the consumers are a wide variety of different people so you want to have more of a variety when it comes to you know the upper echelon board members etc so that's what i think
0: so for those of you who don't know so david solomon is the chief executive officer of goldman sachs and I don't believe we talked about it on this podcast, but I did hear on another podcast that DJ, this guy is actually a DJ, or for his hobby, he is actually a DJ. So his nickname that they call him when he's actually doing his DJ stuff is they call him DJ D-Soul. So, no, I, I like this guy because he... He seems pretty progressive in a lot of the ideas that he's had. I think his personality, just from being a DJ, you know, it just shows you what type of person he is. He's an individual that isn't afraid to try new things. And I think when you do look at corporate America, I think the traditional sense of corporate America are going to be your white all-male board members. And I agree with you 100% with regards to looking at what America is now compared to what America is before, and America is changing. The demographics of America is totally different, and I think that it's important to, when you're looking at companies, companies should try to mirror you know, the individuals who are working for the companies, and also it should mirror the individuals who use that company for whatever types of business or work in general. And I think that there's also something to having a working with a group of people who are different, who think differently, who look different, because when you have these differing vantage points, I feel that it allows for the team as a whole to see things from different perspectives. And I think that can really strengthen a team. It can really strengthen the group as a whole. For example, when I know for me, whenever I have pharmacy students or whenever I mentor my team, my, my fraternity, whenever I have an opportunity just to be able to talk to individuals who are trying to come up, whenever there's a team setting, one of the things that I like to do is to do an exercise where the team members get to know each other. They get to know their strengths and weaknesses. I actually have them do a personality test. And in this personality test, they have an opportunity to see what they are. They get to see what other people are coming from. And based off of these answers and ideas, they learn how to communicate with each other. And I feel that when you're looking at, work when you're looking at trying to build a team together, it's important to have different types of individuals because when you have that type of vantage point, then it really helps you think outside the box and somebody may miss something if you don't have that. So I think it's pretty solid that they are looking at something like this. And I was actually kind of surprised when I was reading the the line of the article that says in July, the last all-male board in an S&P 500 company appointed a woman. I think it's about time for this to happen. I mean, we are in 2020 now. But when you look at the demographics of the world, I, mean, the demographic, I, I think there's probably more women than males in the world, I think is what we, from some of the studies that we've taken a look at in the past. So I think it just makes sense to match that demographic and have different individuals having an opportunity to lead because if they have the qualifications they should get a chance to do it that's what my thoughts are on that
1: yeah man for sure for sure and you know even when that that whole demographics point of view like just like what you're saying um, women if not more they are at least 50 percent of the individuals in the world and I know in this country you know women do tremendous things and Uh, the amount of capabilities that they offer and how much they've uplifted a lot of the workforce. Uh, You know, if you use women to their fullest potential, they will be producing very well. And the amount of money that these companies will be able to generate off of all of this, I think it's just going to increase. And so eventually, um, I think they're going to start doing, you know, some data searching. Uh, They're going to do test to see whether or not more production will be done. And I think it will. When you bring more women on board, I think more money will be made. And at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants.
0: Well, I mean, the way that I look at it now, I think we are in an era now. I mean, it may have been different when, you know, our parents were at work, but I look at the demographics of the teams that I'm on and I'm fortunate to know that, you know, wherever I've worked, it's been a diverse setting. And I think that that's important. And especially me speaking from the healthcare perspective and being a part of a healthcare team, when we're taking care of patients, you know, our patients are individuals from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. So, you know, I think there is something to being able to look at the individuals that you're working with. And, you know, I like to see that there are different types of people from different backgrounds that are all able to work together. It means that you're inclusive. It means that you're open-minded. And I think that, you know as long as people are qualified to be doing that it's just i think for individuals who are sick i think for individuals who are feeling scared being able to see somebody like them when they go to the hospital makes them feel better so i'm not surprised that when i see the the st- opening statement of this article saying the era of the white all male board is coming to an end because you look at the co-workers that you're with and that's how it is as well. So I think it's been a long time coming. I think it's pretty strong of a company that has so much name recognition that like Goldman Sachs, you know, saying that out loud in front of people because they're coming from a position of power and they're making sure that people who are trying to come up and become power, they realize, hey, this is how we work. This is how things need to be. And you either abide by it or we're not going to help you, you know, go public, and that's really putting your money where your mouth is.
1: I agree. I agree. Well said. Well said.
0: All right, Marvin, what article are you going to be bringing with us today? All right.
1: So, I'm going to be switching tables up a little bit, and, you know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in our introduction today, but I'm going to be talking about the Super Bowl. You know, as we know, or maybe don't know the Super Bowl will be taking place next week, February second. Stay tuned, y'all. All right, so my uh, my article is from msn.com, and it's titled "The Most VIP Super Bowl Weekend Costs 1.5 Million, Includes a Butler."
0: <laughs> Can you repeat that cost again? I, I don't think I heard you properly.
1: 1.5 million, but it includes the Butler. <laughs>
0: All right, Marvin, I'm interested in hearing what you're going to be talking about. Let's stop. Stop trying to get me on the edge of my seat. Just get into it.
1: All right. Private jet service, a personal butler, or how about a meal with former Patriot star Rob Gronk? To top off Super Bowl weekend, from legendary night clubs to exclusive parties, no place caters to the rich and famous quite like the glitzy Miami. The city's most luxurious hotels, clubs, and restaurants are offering over-the-top packages to entice big spenders looking for an action outside of the end zone. One package includes a four-day cruise around the Caribbean on a private yacht after the game for $720,000. On location experiences, uh, Samsoni says their top Super Bowl package last year in Atlanta went for $17,500. This year's top-tier packages in Miami are 20000 to 35000 and include game tickets, a pre-game party and show by Darius Rucker, and a chance to mingle with football legends like Dan Marino and Marcus Allen. We've seen just unprecedented sales for that product, Sony says, it's a really three- or four-day event for most of our clients. In Miami, having so many options for entertainment and the weather all certainly come into play. Not all of those enjoying the perks will be paying out a pocket because many of the high-end packages are purchased by corporations. But on location, it says many customers are wealthy fans who just want to be part of the experience. But it's not all glitz and glamour in Miami. Promotions will likely focus on luxurious waterfront skylines and not the poorer neighborhoods of Alapato, Liberty City, and Overtown where more than three-quarters of residents are low-income or low-to-middle income. Many fans there won't be able to afford even the lower-end tickets priced at $4,400 each. Thousands of fans will descend on Miami just for the nightlife, and never set foot inside a stadium. There's just going to be so many parties, and it's going to take place all over the city, said David Grutman, the man behind some of the South Beach's most exclusive clubs and restaurants, including um, Live, Story, and Swan. Miami on its own is always over the top. Then you put the Super Bowl on top of it, and it's the perfect recipe for decadence and extravagance. Tables at Live Nightclub are booking for $20,000 during Super Bowl weekend, up from their usual cost of $5,000. Grutman said his steakhouse has more than tripled its order for steaks to $1,000 for Super Bowl week, along with crates of caviar. Here are some of the blingiest packages for high rollers. Number one, tables on the patio at Swan Restaurant – which Grutman co-owns with singer Pharrell Williams, are going for a minimum of $10,000 each. Number two, VIP tables to the Maxim uh, magazine party, where the chain smokers will perform on a private island run around $20,000, unless you, you want to grab 11 of your closest friends and hitch a ride on a private helicopter for $65,000. Number three, Packages at Shaquille O'Neal's Funhouse are going for thirty thousand to one hundred thousand, with a top package including twenty tickets to the game, a chance to hang out with Shaq, your own private security, and thirty bottles of champagne and liquor to wash away any buyer's remorse. Number four, hanging with former Patriot star Rob Gronkowski at Gronk Beach will also set you back six figures. His $100,000 package includes 20 game seats and all at the amenities, including table and bottle service afterward. Plus, he'll stop by your table for a chat. Number five, the Swanky One Hotel South Beach is offering a $1.5 million package for 20 that includes airfare, game tickets, a private butler, lodging at 10 oceanfront homes, a private dinner, and a personal guru. Their cheapest package will set you back $200,000 and includes two tickets on the 50-yard line, a stay at a one-bedroom oceanfront home, and field access after the game. Number 6. Private Aviation Company NetJets and Luxury Yacht Charter Company Northrop & Johnson teamed up to deliver what may be the most indulgent package of all, coming in at a whopping $720,000. Two guests will be flown to Miami in a private jet and put up in a suite at the Ritz-Carlton to rest up before the game day. After the game, a private jet will whisk you away to the Caribbean where you'll spend four days sailing the tropical islands on a 236-foot Six stateroom private yacht. An earlier version of this report had an. um, Basically, that's craziness. Craziness. I mean, the amount of just pure gluttony, (laughs) money that is being, you know, just thrown at you is crazy. But the interesting thing is, I think people kind of sort of do their math and their homework and. It sounds crazy, but there's probably people who will be indulging and utilizing and taking advantage of this stuff. And during the beginning of the article, I mentioned that uh, corporations are the ones that are buying up a lot of this stuff. And, you know, would you be able to kind of sort of explain just the big picture concept of corporations to a lot of our viewers out here?
0: So these corporations are going to be individ- like these are going to be big time companies who they probably have ownership in a lot of these different packages that are involved they are probably related to the NFL for some reason they they want to use this as an opportunity to you know maybe write stuff off they want to use this as an opportunity just to be able to publicize and publicity over the things that they're trying to do and if you gotta think about it you know some of these corporations these are big time corporations that have money to spend so even though we're looking at individuals when you're looking at these prices into the general normal person this is like could be a salary but when you've got corporations that are making hundreds of millions of dollars you know that ten thousand dollars is probably equivalent to us paying for like a two hundred dollar ticket to the final four is what the equivalent of this is over there, so the money is huge. Don't get me wrong, but if you think about it, when you go to the Super Bowl, which is essentially the biggest sporting event in the entire could be argued one of the biggest sporting events in the in the entire world, when you look at prices like this and you look at everybody who is the richest of the rich throughout the whole entire world, you know, when you look at these tickets and they're for their perspective, that's really not anything. So I, myself with what I make probably could not see myself spending something like that. But when you got people like, I don't know, Steve Bezos, you know, you know, how much do you think, you know, he's going to be spending for something like that? Or, you look at individuals like Michael Jordan, who are close to billions, you know, $30,000 is just a drop of water somewhere. So it's not really that big of a deal for people like that, but for people like us, it's out of this world. So we looked at these six different packages that are out here. Just to joke around, just to have some fun, out of these six, which is the package that you feel would be the most interesting to you. So, again, the packages are one, going to a restaurant and hanging out with Pharrell, two, going to a VIP table for, over with the Maxim Magazine Party and being able to watch the Chain Smokers perform, three, hanging out with Shaq, going to Shaq's Fun House, four, hanging out with Gronk, five, you know, being able to hang out on south beach at one of the swanky hotels have a be able to stay oceanfront at the home have your own private guru stay in the 50 yard line or number six have your own personal yacht that takes you from a private jet over to the the game game. hang at the risk carlton after that go on a cruise what are you feeling marvin what's your flavor
1: Mm, that's a great question that's a great question but i feel like in this type of situation, um, the star power is where it's at. So for me, it would be between you know hanging out with Shaq um, versus uh, know, either hanging out with Shaq or living that private glitzy life where I'm just being taken all over the place in private jets and flying from point A to point B. So the question for me would be how much time? would i be able to hang out with Shaq? if i'm spending the whole time hanging out with Shaq, watching the super bowl i'd probably go with that one but then if it's like eh, you're only going to see him for like five minutes ten minutes and then you're done then i'll go to that um that private experience where you feel like a uh a billionaire for uh you know a quite some times or four days oh wow never mind i'll go with number six (laughs) just for (laughs) the pure amount of time you can't pick two man (laughs) i'm going you know what i'm gonna live like a billionaire for a week (laughs) i'm going with package number six
0: (laughs) you know i i think you know me i i love cruises i love anything that is all inclusive so if money was no option i think that would be fun you know, having having two, so it would be, you know, myself and Leah, that would be an awesome trip. If I wanted to do more of a hangout with trying to get my entourage, then, you know, I think I would probably be leaning towards, I mean, hanging out with Shaq would be a dream come true. You know, having 20 people. But I do think that, you know, that whole Hotel South Beach package that has that, you know, package for 20 would be cool because you'd be able to have all your peeps in one area have your oceanfront home having a
1: butler <laughs> i think would kinda be,
0: yeah you know and not even that and, and what i'll probably do i'd say you know a butler you know you're hanging out with me you don't have to worry about serving me because I'm one that I've got to do stuff on my own and I can't have people do stuff for me. So I would do that trip. Tell the belt, you know what? You're going to be in my entourage. The personal guru, you know, he'd hang out with me as well. We would just live it up, have a grand old time, watch the game and build memories and try to do it over and over and over again. So I'd probably look at number five, even though Mm -hmm. doing the cruise would be pretty awesome. But having that whole oceanfront, just living the dream for that one day yolo and just sitting back relaxing and said yes i did that i think that would be cool for me and you want marvin i would invite you you'd be one of the 20
1: hey let's go man let's go i, I would be sure to um you know videotape and you know record and you know, just make it such that we remember this experience you know for the years to come for oh, sure it
0: definitely would be a Marson brothers podcast if we would have to Do Marston Brothers podcast episode live from South Beach.
1: Oh, for sure. You know what the crazy thing is? The crazy thing is you, my friend, live in South Florida right now. The Super Bowl is coming to you. It's almost as though for a weekend, not to say that Miami isn't like Miami, but it's like Miami is turning into Hollywood. Because I guarantee you that this is going to bring a lot of the star power down to Miami uh, on another level for the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of sort of spot some stars just in passing, you know? You
0: know, and with looking at the Super Bowl, they, they actually have a series of events that they have planned. And, you know, as you get closer and closer and closer, the more packed it's going to be. You know, I they actually did start having some events on Saturday, but if I probably would have thought about it a little bit more and planned it, it would have been cool just to check out the convention center. They usually, for all these big games, they usually have things for the community to go to. But with everything that I've got going on, unfortunately, it'll be something that I'll probably miss because, you know, once you get to Friday, Saturday, just the traffic that you've got to deal with when you're in the downtown area It's just, it's just a lot. So, you know, I'm at the point now where it'd be different too. Like, for instance, you know, if maybe if the Dolphins (laughs) were there, maybe, maybe it'd be a little different, but you know, who knows, maybe, you know, I might surprise myself and depending on what's going on on Saturday, Sunday, maybe just trying to walk around the areas just to see, just to be a part of the hype. So who knows? Maybe I'll throw an audible and maybe I'll see if I can be around maybe on a Friday night. Just go to where all the people are and just do some people watching. So who knows? I mean, the week is young. Maybe changing my mind. Maybe Lee and I decide to try to live it up. But more likely than not, we'll probably just be home doing a movie night. <laughs> hey,
1: there's nothing wrong with that either. Nothing wrong with that at all.
0: So, man, so I guess we talked to about both of our articles, you know, what we like to do with the MVP crew. We like to talk about our articles and give a little synopsis and a takeaway from our articles. So why don't we start off with me and we'll talk a little bit about that Goldman Sachs article that I read. So, you know, my take home points from looking at these articles are that times are changing and as the times are changing, the makeup of things are going to be changing as well. I think that this push that Goldman Sachs is trying to do to promote diversity, to promote being able to have different backgrounds and these different individuals from these different backgrounds are able to be a part of a leadership team for big companies, I think is important. I think that with these changes, I think these companies will only prosper because you're going to have individuals who now aspire to perhaps do something that they may not have done before because they didn't see somebody like them being in these positions. So I think as these moves are being done, it's really going to change the way that we do business in the world. And I think that's something that is worth fighting for. So I definitely give shots out to Goldman Sachs and hopefully some of these other big companies will follow suit.
1: All right. For sure, for sure. With me, uh, you know, this, this article is all about the glitz and the glam. Uh, I do want to just note that it's okay to just be humble. At the same time, know that whether or not you can actually do all this, you can still participate. You can still have fun. And so no matter how much money you have in the bank, you can still participate with the festivities of the Super Bowl. You can watch it with friends at home. So you can have a good time no matter what. So the thing I want to just, you know, bestow upon everyone is have fun, be reasonable, and the fun is what you bring. All this other glitz, glam, that's not what makes things fun. It's you being around the environment and the friends and people that you love. So find a way to enjoy the Super Bowl, y'all.
0: I could not have said it better myself. So we're at 41 minutes. I figure it's probably time for us to. I got,
1: I got, I got something else that I do want to say. Um, right, Go ahead. Yo, number one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this was a, you know, a very heartfelt, difficult week, you know, yeah. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Kobe Bryant, you know, passed away. And I just want to give a little moment of of silence for him and his family. All right. So with that said, uh, I know that he was a a tremendous player and someone that you really loved growing up. You loved uh, watching his games and just rooting for the guy. Um, Any thoughts about that? And I think
0: for me, with where I am in my life and where I would have been five years ago, so yeah, I mean, I think all of us idol or grew up, you know, watching Kobe Bryant. He's one of the most famous individuals that went straight to the pros with not having to play in college. And I think that, you know, for me, when I heard about that story, it was definitely very sad because, you know, his age, he's 41, and just seeing, you know, how He changed the way people looked at basketball. He was kind of like the, everybody talked about Jordan. He was kind of like that second Jordan that came through. And for him to be six years older than me, I kind of felt like, you know, he's kind of like a peer. And just to see the things that he did, the people that he influenced, not only in the game of basketball, but also things that he was doing outside of basketball, that's definitely a role model figure that, you know, hundreds of thousands I would even say millions and millions of people kind of aspire to and just hearing about that story on Sunday it definitely brought chills because you know this is a guy who probably hasn't even lived half of his life and you know with looking at everything that happened with that accident the things that I started thinking about is wow, one I mean this guy is six years older than me and he has the world in the palm of his hands and he's already gone. So making sure that you're making the most out of the opportunities that you have and and making sure that you're really not taking anything for granted. But number two, you know, the thing that I thought about probably even more was, you know, he was with his daughter and, you know, he was taking his daughter, I think they were going to a basketball game, and he and his daughter helicopter ride to go over there so when i heard about that the first thing i thought of was just ophelia and how i just wanted to see her and just give her a hug because of just the relationship that he has with his daughter is very i can i can appreciate that by being not only a father but a father of a young woman so and i think of you know, my daddy-daughter days with Ophelia on the weekends where we'll do all of our trips, we'll do our grocery tour shopping, we'll do our bonding, we'll go swimming, we'll go to the playground. And it's a routine that we all look forward to doing. And she knows what she's going to be doing next. I know what we're, I'm going to be doing next. And I'm sure that that's what Kobe was doing with his daughter. I mean, they were going, you know, the only difference with them and us is we drove in a car over to our places and he drives on a plane. And, it's just sad because, you know, his daughter I think was like around as a teenager and was just coming of age as well. And just seeing the way that that father daughter relationship and whenever you know, I would see sports and news with Kobe, he was always around his daughters. So I kinda think about that myself because that's how I am with Ophelia. So those are the things that I really thought about and the things that, you know, came to mind when I first saw that article. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, that essentially is almost like a peer of mine. You know, he's got a kid. You know, I've got a filia. He's you know late thirties, early forties. I'm um, getting close to my late thirties. You know, we both have daughters. We we both probably had very similar hobbies. So whenever somebody dies like that it just makes you say whoa
1: yeah yeah so we definitely lost a good one out there but hopefully uh the things that he's done in his life will motivate others to do better and you know just operate at the best of your ability you know
0: yeah it's still just surreal like every time i wake up and you know i go to espn i'm thinking oh you know maybe i was dreaming maybe I, I wake up the next morning and it's not there and and every single time you go on the news every single time you go look at sports you know you just see him you see that timestamp of when he was born and, and 2020 when he died and again it's like no there's no way like literally you know he was on the news because lebron james passed him on to become the third having the third-highest point total in the NBA. And it literally was like we were all talking about Kobe Bryant and how that was going to happen. Like, we saw – everybody, you know, saw pictures of him, you know, at you know some of the Lakers games. And it was just one of those things where it just seemed so surreal because everybody was literally talking about Kobe. Kobe tweeted out, hey, congratulations to LeBron. And not even, you know, 10 hours later, that's it. So – I don't know, man. It's tough.
1: All right. So I think that's going to be concluding another wonderful episode of the Marcelin Brothers podcast. And like I said before, now this one's for Kobe, and we're out.
0: listening to the Marston Brothers podcast and remember do work and make a difference in somebody's life.